Arizona Coyotes take a 3-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets at home after being battered by shots once again. We're going to talk about that as well as a couple of other news, including a new sponsor for the Arizona Coyotes. All that on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. You're Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Robin Leonio. That's Carl Pavlik right beside me on uh, this uh, Wednesday. It is January 5th, 2022. Um, before we get any further, I want to thank uh, Brandon and, uh, and, and James for coming in yesterday while I was uh, out doing some uh, other duties, doing a lot of other things. Um, work be crazy sometimes. Um, it be. But, but uh, of course, you know, that doesn't stop me from coming back when I, sh- when, when I need to be. And, uh, you know, talk about this game. Another loss for the Arizona Coyotes, 3-1 the final score. Uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, one thing I'll say about this, Carl, is I'm looking at just the overall stats of this. And uh, the Jets were flying all over the place. Yep, uh, they they definitely were. Um, this was a game when, I think the recap I said, the Jets deserved to win this game from start to finish. They were out shooting the Coyotes. They controlled the pace. I think what it was... A few minutes before the Coyotes even got a shot on goal in the second period. Uh, Arizona did a couple good things, but not nearly enough to win this game. I'm trying to look at some of the uh, the basic stats on this. Or, not, you know, the natural statric stats. And it's uh, 77-57 Corsi in favor of the Jets on all situations. Um, which is actually a little bit closer than I... Than I thought it would be but still a tw- a what is that a plus 20 Corsi or um in favor of the Jets like that's still a lot it is it it was an interesting game to watch um because it felt like the Coyotes were a bit tighter than they were against the Jets or against the Ducks but it was still just a completely different game and they just got really beat up by the Jets um it was frustrating to see because they really just didn't have any kind of counterpunch to them it was it was kind of like they were one and done the jets would kind of come in and, and get their shots the coyotes would clear the zone and then just not be able to do too much they lost a lot of face-offs and that resulted in them you know starting behind the play for most of the time it was a it was a rough go but you know thankfully it's over and uh the coyotes can look forward to the next game I'm trying to look at some of the other stats on the uh, on the game um, from all over the place because it. I'm trying to think um, just the way it was. It. Uh, I want to say that the another mistake that this team made was a mistake that the, we on this show as well as you've been hammering home, but this team is making too many of. Ah, I think I know what you're going to say. Uh, too many penalties. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Jets had four power play opportunities. They converted on one, um, which is interesting because I think last night they did not have that as a power play goal because it was like the immediate dying seconds for Pierre-Luc Dubois' goal. But yeah, the Coyotes took a lot of bad penalties. They took a first-minute penalty with Johan Larson. They took a penalty like pretty soon after they scored their first goal. It was just, it was a very, uh, it was rough to see because it's something that the Coyotes just keep doing and just, I don't think there's any way they could really stop it because it seems like they're just being outplayed. Um, I, I will say that one of the bad penalties I saw was Shane Gossespear, uh, a cross check on Brendan Dillon. The The play actually was kind of a retaliatory hit after Dylan played a pretty heavy but clean hit on Phil Kessel. Um, I don't like to see those kind of like take a penalty for a clean hit. To me, it just seems stupid. Uh, Gossel Spear, to his credit though, did get one back. He he scored in the third period. So uh, I I wish the Coyotes did more of that. I wish like after lo- after Larson took the slash, you know, he was able to get a goal. I think that's how you really make teams pay, not with a a dumb penalty. I'm trying to look at the uh, um, looking back at natural stat trick shots for while on the power play for the Jets, eighteen. They had eighteen shots while on the power play, Dang. fifteen scoring chances. They had a lot. I, I, I'm honestly surprised they only converted once. Um, how many did the Coyotes have? They um. They they have a two shots for and four scoring chances. See, that's a big issue with the Coyotes, and I don't know what where that is because the Coyotes need to be somewhat better on the power play, especially against a team like the Jets, which is something that we hammered in yesterday's episode. They are one of the few teams, uh, one of the two teams that have a worse penalty kill than the Coyotes. Um, the other being the Vancouver Canucks, unless that's uh, changed in the last couple games. They were really tight, so who knows? But but still, like the Coyotes should have made the Jets pay on the power play, um, but they weren't able to. Um, I mean, I know that this isn't a very talented team, but like you figure, like. Your power players, your best guys, they do have decent guys. They should have been able to make something work, but they couldn't. Ah, I, I just don't know what to think of that. Is that, you know, is that a poor system for the power play? Is that still just like the personnel? Is it Connor Hellebuck is a surprisingly good goaltender? Well, not surprisingly good. He's a former Vesna winner. So who knows? Is it a combination of all three? Yeah, probably. A. Look at a nine six three save percentage for Connor Halibut on twenty seven uh, shots against. Yeah, uh, I mean, he's good. <laughs> he he's a good goaltender. I mean, uh, he's not he's not the he is not the Vesna Connor Halibut that hockey fans are used to from the last from the previous five years or whatever it was, but yeah. And there was a couple of moments where the Coyotes came really close. Like uh, there was one where he uh, didn't quite freeze the puck in like the five hole position when there was a Coyotes player, like right on the doorstep. Like they, 
they could have tied this game up. I will say that. But but like I said to start it out, the Jets deserve to win this one. Like if they push it to overtime, we would have said the Coyotes stole a point. Um, but they weren't able to do that. Yeah. Um, I was also listening to the uh, the radio broadcast, and I heard Lindsey Fry um, compliment the Coyotes. This was early on in the game too, though, about uh, kind of as was you, what you were mentioning, kind of getting opportunities like right in front of the net, right in front of Connor Hellebuck, and just he was just freaking there and present to <laughs> to take advantage of that, and and it was just bad puck luck for the Coyotes of not getting it through. Yeah. Um, so that was obviously there too, but still not not taking not capitalizing on the opportunities that they did have that's also the problem yeah i mean if you look at the heat map um that you had mentioned earlier there are a few coyotes like spots like right in front of the net but i mean look at one of the the goals that are listed for the jets it came like right there like right on the doorstep the coyotes needed to get something like that too they need to just kind of like keep keep up uh, all credit to the jets like when you saw the coyotes players like posted in that slot area that high danger area like they weren't able to get shots off they like just didn't have the room like they had a little bit of space but not enough to do anything absolutely we'll actually get back to that heat map in just a sec i want to show you guys exactly where the uh uh how this how this jets team was like i said flying all over the place against the Coyotes. It was ridiculous. All that coming up in just a sec, plus more of break, much more breakdown. But first, a quick word from Carl. So it's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Uh, it makes it easy to stick to your resolutions because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which could be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to get healthy, but it's just really boring. And by like week three, you're always like, ah, this isn't worth it. I want something that tastes a little better. Maybe some chocolate. And if you got a sweet tooth, Built Bar is a good one to go with because they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Here's an ad. Um, even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And that's when you can get a delicious built bar. Um, so what you want to do is go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Okay, so now let's get back to this, Carl. Um, yep. As I mentioned, we're going to record bring up the heat map of this game. And uh, I'm going to show everybody this heat map courtesy of Natural Stat Trick to show you just how all over the place was this Jets team. Ready for it? Let's go. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of uh, blue and green. They cover, covered, like, the entire... The, they're covering the entire offensive zone almost. Like... Yeah. It's, it's interesting because when we were talking about this uh, before the start of the show, I had mentioned that I thought the Coyotes did a somewhat decent job of limiting the the Jets' chances, as as crazy as that sounds, uh, because the Jets had what forty eight shots on net uh, total during the game, uh, forty nine. It's now counted on, so I think they maybe gave him an extra one uh, I think since I left, including the uh, the empty netter. Could be. Um, 
But yeah, 49 shots on net. That's that's not a sign of a limited team. And you see that dark area of blue in that slot area. But just like all of the other uh, like green and blue like just covering the offensive zone, like you saw that they were somewhat limited. They the, just the quantity is so high that even though they were limited, they still had plenty of high danger chances. Honestly, it could have gone worse. Yeah, the carry. the the credit I will give them, and if I bring it up for real for just a quick sec, is look at all the opportunities that were done from the point on the outside from. From areas where, like, let's be real, those aren't going to go in. Yeah. <laughs> if you're facing a actual NHL goaltender. Yeah. Um, so, yes, the Kaiders did a decent job on limiting those chances. But, again, if you saw the dark blue right down the slot in, in the, uh, I believe that was the right face off circle where one of the, where one of the goals were. Like, that... Uh, that's that. That's the high danger area. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in credit to Vimelka for for keeping the team in the game as much as he did. I honestly thought that that first goal that he gave up was was kind of weak. I thought that he should have been able to make that save. Um, it would have been a tough one, but it's one that was doable. Um. Did it hurt the Coyotes' momentum? Maybe a little bit, but he sure as hell made up for it for the rest of the game, like making some truly phenomenal saves and and keeping this team in. Like, it, it's unfortunate that the the team is so fragile that even one goal can kind of shake them off. But that's the team we're dealing with. Expected goals was five point oh nine, two point six eight. That just tells you. One thing is, um, yeah, you know, that mistake aside from Vemelka at the beginning, but like that just shows you the kind of value that he adds as a goaltender for the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, it, it, it definitely could have been worse, and the offense honestly needs to step up in the, these kind of situations. Um, it's very similar to what we saw in the last game against the Winnipeg Jets, um, but he was just able to be perfect that game. He couldn't be perfect this game because you can't expect your goaltender to be perfect multiple games. Exactly. Just, yeah. And you said, you, you know, you need the offense to set up. Of course, we need the offense to set up. But guess what? The one goal from the Arizona Coyotes comes from a defenseman and Shane Gottesbeer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is fitting because Gottesbeer is, uh, is a major contributing factor to this Coyotes offense. Uh, it was a it was a nifty goal. At first, I thought it was a pass because it was such a a crisp move on his part. But no, that was like an interception. Just walks into the to the faceoff circle and fires. Beautiful goal. Um, and like credit to um, Keller and Kessel. They had a f- couple of really good chances. They went hard to the net. I'm sure they accounted for a lot of the the red that we saw in that heat map. But they just. They couldn't put it away. They couldn't solve Hellebuck. Absolutely. It's, uh, again, it's a little disappointing, but at the same time, like, you know, with this Kaidius team, what can you expect? Especially when, as we're kind of mentioning before, with this Kaidius team battling injuries, battling a personnel issue, there's so many issues. And I'm not giving them a pass for that. Um, yeah. But it's also like, 
let's be let's be real here. The, the team is half Tucson Roadrunners, <laughs> especially defensively. Um, although I will say, I thought Mosier had a pretty solid game. Um, I thought he looked pretty good. Uh, finished no points and a minus one, which, eh, but. He was out there in kind of some key moments. He, the team was feeding him the the puck. Um, I I, I kind of hate to say it, but I think he's kind of overtaken Capo Bianco, who made some pretty egregious errors. Uh, and you can see that with the time on ice. Mosier nineteen nineteen, which yeah, like that. Uh, Capo Bianco eleven minutes thirty nine seconds. It's not a so. Mosier seems like he's there to stay almost like he's like, he wants, like he wants to hold on to that, to that job up there. Yeah. He, he, he is making a good case for himself. I will say that I cannot believe Capo Bianco, who is supposed to be an offensive defenseman had no power play time. That is what, um, and no shorthanded time either, which that makes a lot more sense. But he's just – he's not able to get done, and Mosier is taking advantage of that opportunity. Um, I don't know if it's in his long-term interest to stay with the team for the rest of the year. I think the Coyotes may send him back. But Mosier's probably the person who has made the strongest case outside of Barry Hayton that he deserves to be with the Coyotes rather than the Roadrunners. It's interesting. A lot of the Tucson Roadrunners players are shining up when they make their call-ups. And I think because of that, I'm going to give a massive amount of credit to Jay Veriday and the yeah. and the coaching crew and the development crew down in tu- down here in Tucson where I live and where I cover the Tucson Roadrunners. Um, I've been touting the Roadrunners development for a while. They, are, they do a fantastic job. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So... Um, anytime a player does well up there in that in in Glendale, I'm like, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, especially with this year, with the call ups the Coyotes have had to make, all the credit in the world to the Tucson staff for for not only like preparing these guys physically to play in games by just you know, doing their job as Roadrunners people, but they have also mentally prepared these guys to come up if needed because we are seeing a lot of these call-ups and until recently we didn't have the taxi squad so it was just straight call-ups hop on the 10 get up to get up to glendale right away and that can be tough for people that can take some adjustment and you're not really seeing that kind of like people aren't coming in like over their head they they really know what they need to do and and i credit the roadrunner staff for for making sure that that happens yeah, and that's um, and that's the thing too, and um, it's cool because that's been it's been that case for most of the years that that, two, that the Roadrunners have been in Tucson, right? Um, I would say so, yeah. That, that and obviously that first year, everyone kind of they yeah, no, everyone kind of tossed that inaugural year under the rug with Mark under Mark Lamb because that was very, eh. yeah. I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but I I would say that watching players get called up from the Roadrunners is better than seeing them in, say, the Springfield. God, what was the Springfield team name? Uh, uh, Springfield Falcons. Falcons. Uh, or the Thunderbird. 
wh- whoever was Springfield, uh, the Portland Pirates, the uh, well, didn't wasn't there one in Texas? Uh, San Antonio Rampage, like since they've became the Tucson runner, since the Coyotes owned their own AHL affiliate, is definitely been a better experience watching players come up. It definitely has been. Um, and and we've seen good players come up um, all over the all over the last few years. Um, there are players who were in, um, I think what that second year, I think what or even first, even the first year, even what Christian Fisher was a roadrunner, right? Yep. Um, Cabo Bianco was a roadrunner. Lawson Krauss, roadrunner. Lawson Krauss was a roadrunner. So Barry Hayton was a roadrunner last year. Yeah, it's um they are doing what they need to do, and for a development league, uh, I think that's kind of the highest compliment you can give someone. You are making sure that the players who are coming up are ready to play in the NHL. Kudos to you. Speaking of which, they have uh, they have games all over this week. Um, <laughs> they had a game yesterday I was not at, but it was a win over Stockton. They got a game tonight, um, which I could I'm going to try to get to. Um, other work aside, um, and then with this weekend against Colorado, I think uh, Sosham had the the first goal in that game against Stockton. Didn't see who had the game winner, but um, it's great to see Sosham kind of doing what he needs to do. Um, I would love to see him kind of come up in the next couple of years, but he needs some time now. That's what Tucson is for, and that's why I mean, you and I have been touting a certain player needing needing to stay in Tucson. I, I even said Hayton needed to stay in Tucson, but. Yeah, I mean, he's found his place, so. He has. Um, I do kind of, I think if Hayden stays in, or were to go back in Tucson, he may be a little bit better offensively. But, no. Uh, for right now, he's getting good minutes against uh, NHL teams, so let's see what he can do. Let's see what he can do. Anyways, though, we got more to get to on this episode of Locked On Cuddy. We're going to talk some news. Um, a, the Coyotes made an announcement this morning that we could go ahead and talk about all in just a sec. But first, I want to tell you guys that Bet Online has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues, it's March to College Bowls this um, and the college football playoffs. Obviously, with the uh, championship coming up um, very soon, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website, use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. So now let's continue. Let's finish things off on this episode of Lockdown Coyotes by telling you guys that the Coyotes made an announcement this morning. And I'm surprised it took this long. But Carl, they are the fi- the final major sports franchise in the state of Arizona to get a betting partner since the uh betting became legal here in the state Um, yeah i i agree i kind of thought that would be right away too um i don't know if it just took time for for everything to go through but 
you figure, especially with uh, the season already starting, like they would try and get that rushed out. But and eh. not only that, the fact that they, we, we even mentioned is their owner is ties to casinos. Yeah. <laughs> and let's get to that because the the um, all the other teams here in Arizona are tied to um, to DraftKings to um, or to FanDuel, I think. Caesars maybe for one of them or um no I think it's just DraftKings and FanDuel right for um, maybe even WinBet for one of them um I see a lot of Caesars ads and it's tough to really like associate it with a franchise at this point it seems more like disconnected uh all I will say this uh I'm much glad that the Caesars ads have moved away to having a character with my name in it I hate it when advertisements have people named Carl in it. Uh, <laughs> just don't like it. Yeah, it's funny, but um, but yeah, I think it's mainly DraftKings and FanDuel. Um, one of the other big ones out there as a sponsor for one of the other teams here. Uh, the Coyotes did something different. They are betting with. They are partnering with um, with Sahara Bet. And if you guys are familiar with Coyotes ownership, Alex Morello, the owner of the Coyotes, is also. I'm an owner of Sahara Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, and in the ArizonaSports.com story I'm looking at, Morello Gaming LLC is an affiliate of the Sahara Las Vegas and Grand Sierra Resort in Reno, Nevada. Those resorts are owned by Morello. So he is definitely well-connected with this. Uh, I don't know the particulars to to how that financial arrangement works, but they're definitely financial partners. Um, one of the kind of key things that has been the topic of conversation uh, in recent months has been like, should the Coyotes relocate? And the thing that you and I talk about, like one of the major factors is no, because sports betting is about to be a massive industry in Arizona and you want to have an owner for a professional team because they're going to get money off of it. Uh, case in point, from December 31st, uh, Wayne, uh, apologies if I'm mispronouncing your Wayne uh, Schutze, uh, uh, sorry, Wayne, uh, associate editor at the Yellow Sheet and at the AZ Capital Times, reported that the state of Arizona took in around $15 million from sports betting and fantasy sports through the end of October according to the AZ Department of Gaming, with uh, $1 million coming from privilege fees, $14 million coming in licensing fees. That's just what the state's getting. You can only imagine how much the the owners are getting and how much the gambling, like, uh, those people are getting, the bookies. Um, uh, so it's a lot of money that can be made, and this is going to be a big part of why the Coyotes are going to be here. Yeah, and that's the big thing. Someone responded to me and it's like, this is a sign, but they're not going to be going to Houston or Portland or Quebec because betting at this time, not available in any of those areas. Arizona's the place to do it, and they're about to make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because you know that the these gambling laws are definitely, like the state's getting a lot of money, um, but the owners are always getting more money. That's just... That's how how modern day works. Uh, the the private interests are are making sure that they get 
all the money they can off of it. They have much more avenues for getting that money. Um, and we are probably going to see, you know, in the new arena, like an insight, like our on-site sports betting, which was. Oh, yes, that's right. Yes, the, an on-site sports, sports book um, in the new arena, potentially in, you know, the potential one in Tempe. Uh, man, that'd be, that'd be so cool to have that. I mean, all the other arena, like, um, Chase Field has a DraftKings in it. Um, I think uh, Footprint Center has a FanDuel in it, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe also DraftKings. Yeah. Um, like that's, I mean, that's the way that, that's the way it's cool because now, now fans can just walk up while mid game to bet on other stuff. Maybe to bet, do a live bet on the game on the game that's currently that they're currently watching. And that Carl, this is and this is the reason why is um, this idea. It's one of the reasons that leads me to believe that the Coyotes are not going to be returning to Gila River Arena. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to believe that, um, but that's well, definitely I mean, one there, of them. There's obviously yes, we already know that their that their lease is up and they're not going to renew it and everything like that. And this is their technically their last year. But we're just like, oh, maybe they might renegotiate whatever. Yeah. This kind of tells me, nah, that's probably not happening. Um, they're going to go someplace else um, in the in the city. Uh, real quick, when I went to a game with my friend who was in for, lived used to live in Arizona, moved away, came back for the for the holiday. We went to a game. He knew that sports betting was legalized in Arizona, and he was expecting there to be like an onsite betting, um, and he was disappointed that there wasn't. And I told him like, "Hey, you can go on apps, like bet online, go on there." And he's like, "No, nah, it's it's not as much fun." not doing it in person and i think that's that's definitely a key thing like people gamble to make money yes but most people gamble because it's fun and actually getting like a paper ticket talking to someone that's part of the fun that's part of the kind of like the history of gambling so uh, it just makes sense to me that the coyotes would have something like that so i'll give you an example down here in tucson when um one of the casinos casino del sol uh, opened up their sports book and I actually um, worked there for my radio station on opening day um, as a promotions thing. Um, I just saw the fun and the kind of things like there. And I texted my friend and I was like, Hey, you know what? We should do one of the days. Just, you know, just sit at the sports book and enjoy our drinks, walk up to the booth, make a bet and just watch games because they've got so many TVs. They got all the fun. That's what makes walk up that actual sports books fun yeah. and again obviously um online is super easy love you guys bet online it's um you know th- those things are you know absolutely useful if you're not in an area if you're not you know able to always drive to a freaking sports book or whatever it might be but you know if you're yeah. at a game or you know at a certain place where it has it like that's what that's what, then like you want that yeah. And, and it's just it's going to be like an impulse thing too like the same reason like i'll just like get into gila river arena and because i go to games as a fan not in media i will immediately grab a beer um because i'm not working i want to make that very clear anytime i'm working i am not drinking but as a fan it's just a tradition like you see a spot you go and grab it and i imagine for a lot of people it's going to be like that like Oh, you see the 50-50 raffle? Grab a ticket. Uh, and then, oh, you walk by the sports book? Eh, throw a $5 bet down there. It's going to be cheaper than anything you can buy at the, at the arena. I'll say that. 
Yep. And that's why when uh, when I went to Reno for New Year from 2019 to 2020, um, I told my dad, and I'm like, hey, um, let's go to the sports book and bet on a game. Yeah. Because we're at a casino. We're staying at a casino hotel. We need to place a, bet, a sports bet because that's kind of tradition when I go to these things. Exactly, yeah. And and, and it's it's going to be good for the fans. It's going to be good for people like you who have that tradition to be able to do it and just kind of have a little bit of fun. Don't go overboard, which I'm sure you don't. Uh, you're a very responsible gambler. Um, but it's also going to be just really good. Like Alex Morello can be rolling in the money from this. Oh, so, yes. So, like, I could almost imagine, like, the books being like, okay, Coyotes were a loss. Uh, we made this much from uh, gambling. We get this much in revenue sharing. Eh, it's it's uh, It works out. Uh, maybe you still lose a little bit of money that goes to us, like, tax return uh you know rich people uh they have lots of accountants who are able to turn losses into wins oh yeah that's right i um totally forgot about tax return <laughs> filing taxes with uh, the amount of money you make i forgot how much it is that you have to report but that's we're not a tax you're not tax attorneys attorney so we're not gonna we're not gonna tell you anybody any, any bit of that information but uh um, as we close things off, I do want to remind you because we were talking about betting all this, and of course, um, you know, especially with our friends at Bet Online, and we do a lot of betting advice on this show. Um, take this time to remind everybody to please gamble responsibly if you are the person who likes to gamble. Um, that is huge. If you have a gambling problem, um, there are resources here in the state of Arizona that you can call and reach out to to uh, help you get the right get on the right track um but again just please gamble responsibly of course of course anyways that's it for today's episode of locked on coyotes if you like what you hear don't forget to leave a review like comment subscribe if you yet to already we're available everywhere you get your podcast including on youtube don't forget to interact with us on social media we're on facebook facebook.com slash locked on coyotes on twitter at lo underscore coyotes i am personally at robin underscore leano it's robin with the y underscore l-e-a-n-o carl pavlik is at carl pavlik f-f-h Interact with us, ask the questions you might have. We can answer them right back or on a future episode of the Lockdown Coyotes podcast. Thanks again, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. And don't forget to howl on.